With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Boiler Up Down South. This is Drew in my best radio voice. I'm here with my buddy, uh, Garrett Sherman. Garrett, what's up, bud? Uh, My radio voice is primed. It is ready to go. My transatlantic accent. No, I mean we have to talk like we're actually from the south down here. That's, That's kind of true. part of the. It's kind of part of the name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna uh, highlight this. Uh, our expectations of this uh, Gonzaga game tomorrow. Uh, big big happen- game happening in Honolulu, Hawaii. Andrew Ledman, the uh, co-manager of Hammer and Rails, is live and on site because he. Uh, I guess he has more disposable income than I do. Uh, Hawaii would be uh, very cool right now. Well, very warm, actually. But, uh, I'm going to the beach next week, so, you know, I can't complain. I'll be in Folly Beach in Charleston for a week, so not life is not too difficult. But speaking of disposable income, we should probably try to boost ours with a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and get right into Gonzaga. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Weather Up Down South from whatever you were doing while we were uh, away. Um... Garrett, uh, let's, let's just get right into this uh, backcourt. Let's get right into the backcourt of Gonzaga. They got a couple, uh, couple of real good players. Uh, who we got? They do, um, and they are kind of small. That being said, I kind of like uh, how our defense uh, with our, you know, the the backcourt that we have that would be guarding them uh, can handle that. Um, but they really only play like the same two guys at point guard and shooting guard, and then. When you get to uh, the three, you know that gets a little bit more rotational. But yeah, yep. So they got they they got Ryan Nimhart. Um, he's a transfer in. Uh, he uh, was one of Creighton's best players last year, um, and now he uh, he's the brother of uh, the Pacers uh, point guard, uh, and so who also transferred to Gonzaga. So following in that family tradition, um, and Nimhart. Um, you know, he's a traditional point guard, six foot, one seventy-five. He's gonna look a lot like Braden Smith. I think Braden actually might be just a tiny bit like longer than he is. Um, and so he's a guy uh, that's gonna get to the rim. Um, he's gonna pack, and you know, he's their assist guy. Uh, he's a marginal three-point shooter, um, but uh, they're gonna want the ball in his hands um, for the most part. They've, uh, like uh, Gary was saying, they really, uh, it's hard to really tell what Gonzaga's going to do. We're mainly going off their first game against Yale because they haven't really, they haven't only played two games, and their second game was against an NAIA team. Yeah, so uh, they are not even considered like part of 
most major rankings. They are not ranked in the uh, Ken Palm rankings, so yeah, there's not much to go off there. They won, uh, what was it, 123 to 57? Yeah, so you can't really take anything. I've actually sort of stripped all the stats from that game. Um, it's really kind of throwing off the statistics. Uh, when you look at Ken Palm and you look at like sports reference and stuff, it's, it's really hard to tell. Because that second, they've only played two games, and one of them is so weird. But like I said, Nimhart in the back uh, backcourt, he's going to be the the starting point guard. But really, they feature two starting point guards uh, because next to Nimhart is um, oh what? <laughs> Sorry, my uh, brain Hickman. is just lashing out. Nolan Hickman. Yeah, Hickman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nolan Hickman. Hickman is uh, a former uh, high four star, low five star guy. There was some thought that he might be a one and done, um, and he's played. You know, he's been fine, but he's never really made that first step, that that big step up. I think last season everybody was sort of expecting it, um, and uh, you know, as a freshman, he averaged five points, assist and a half a game, pretty close to that, and everybody thought, okay. He was one of those guys that just on his high school reputation may have been able to, uh, you know, find his way into the second round. He stuck around. He was looking for a big jump. They didn't really make it last year. 17, uh, 7.7 points a game, uh, 3.1 assists, uh, you know, good, not great. Um, and so he's back for his third year. Uh, he started off the Yale game uh, 13 Point five points, and that's really what Gonzaga is going to need from him this year is to score more. Um, Nimhart's more of a natural uh, point; he can score, but like that's not like his favorite thing to do. And uh, I feel like Hickman is really going to need to uh, figure that out. But he just hasn't shot the ball well from deep either. So you know, they're starting guards. Neither of them are particularly good shooters. Um, they're much better in pick and roll, attacking the basket, getting into the lane. That was one of the notes I made from watching the Yale game was that their guards really want to get in the lane, uh, or at least um, Nimhart and, uh, and Hickman really want to get in the lane on every possession. And that's sort of how Gonzaga uh, wants to run it, where they're trying to get those guys opportunities to get their feet in the paint and then make decisions. Yeah, I don't really see them as being too much of a threat, like, from just from the outside, like, in terms of attempts. I think even they know that, like, that's not going to be their game going into this. They're not really going to be having, you know, Nemhard and Hickman trying to shoot from too far outside the painted area. I think they're going to try to make them more like field generals, um, if that's a cool, old-timey, uh, you know, basketball term that you guys like. I hate to use the the tropes too often, but um, you know. But once you get beyond that, we're going to the three, and the three is really kind of the most variable. Yeah, they'll play a bunch of people at the three. They uh, had Steel Vinters uh, as a transfer, but he suffered a season in- injury in camp, so that really sort of left them out to dry uh, in terms of just what they have at that spot. Um, and they don't have a lot of depth. And what they do have is a true freshman, uh, a four-star player um, out of... Uh, where is he from? Sorry. Live podcasting. Uh, Stormer. There he is. Sherman Oaks, California. So Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks. He's from, 
you know, right around LA. Uh, and he uh, is stepping in 6'6", 195, true freshman. Um, and he's really the shooter on the uh, on out of the three on the uh, guards. Um, pretty much a true wing. He's not going to have the ball in his hand a lot. They're going to make him finish uh, shots more than create shots. Uh, he's Consider him kind of like maybe what Purdue does with Fletcher Lawyer some. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more of a catch-and-shoot guy. They'll they'll move him off screens. Um, and, and, uh, and also, he's the guy that they use to sort of balance the floor uh, when they throw it into the paint to EK. He's the guy they'll usually put in the corner um, to uh, see if they can get an open shot off a double team. Um, but again, true freshman... And then they have they really have to sort of play a bunch of different people. We were talking about uh, Anton Watson, who's sort of their their returning. Uh, I'm not gonna say star, but I think he's the guy that they think is gonna make another a big jump. Uh, last year he was kind of their third score, 11 points a game. Um, he came back for this fifth year. Um, He's a do-everything sort of uh, small forward, power forward. Uh, he's, he's got a good perimeter jump jump shot, I will say that, right? Yeah, yeah. he can shoot from the outside. Um, he, not to the extent of, say, like a Vince Edward for Purdue could. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's, more, he's more of a guy he will take the outside shot. Uh, but he's he's better getting to the basket and just finishing uh, tough uh, at the at, at the rim. He's, he's one of those guys that does uh, finish through contact. Um, he he rebounds at a high level. Um, he's an energy guy. Uh, steals. He's gonna get a couple steals a game. Um, and he sometimes sets the uh, at least last year he'd be the guy that might spark off a run for Gonzaga where everything's sort of you know, lulled down. They're trying to feed the ball to Timmy, and then uh, Watson's the guy that maybe gets a steal, gets a transition, and sort of puts uh, breaks that momentum or that you know slow pace, um, which is kind of what Purdue was missing last year. Honestly, is that guy that could just sort of take it and get his own when things uh, sort of felt fall apart. So he likes to play in transition uh, as well. Um, and I think, like, just real quick, I think that's an important thing because, you know, it, we're, we're early on in the season, but uh, Purdue kind of struggled in transition a lot last year. Um, and, you know, if he can kind of do what he has done, that might be a point of concern. Uh, I think uh, – I don't think it's, like, a, a, anything to lose your mind about, but, you know, it's something to be aware of. Yeah, something to think about if he ends up playing a lot of the three, which I could – potentially uh see happening um that was that's going to be a tough matchup for uh Fletcher Lawyer with Fletcher's there it'll be interesting to see what Matt Painter does early in the season does he match uh maybe a team putting just a huge three on the floor uh with you know one of our own threes or is he going to you know stick with Lawyer out there and make that guy guard Fletcher Lawyer, uh, you know, on the return into the uh, court. Um, it's a tough, it'll, it's a, you know, I'm glad I'm not uh, having to make that decision. It's a tough one to make. Um, and But luckily Purdue does, if they need to go away from Lawyer, if he does start having trouble, they do have guys 
out there, a little bigger, more physical on the wing. You know, at, at that point, I don't know if I necessarily like Mason Gillis on, on the wing. I think he's more of a small four, but I think uh, Watson's enough of a small four himself playing the three. So I think that would be an okay matchup that Purdue could probably go to if Gonzaga wants to go big and um, they're having trouble uh, matching up with them. I no, I agree with that uh, fully with what you said on Gillis. Um, you know, being a more of a small four than a stretch downward three, if if that's a term that makes sense. Um, but you know, I, I I think it's also just a case of kind of having an embarrassment of riches and Matt Painter needing to figure out like, okay, well, if these guys are guaranteed this amount of minutes a game, then only X amount of minutes are left. Uh, how do you guard certain guys who may be kind of their own like in-betweener positions in, in terms of three and four? Um, I think we might actually see a little bit more Charlie Morton just for defensive purposes. Charlie Morton, the Purdue wide oh, receiver. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, Gosh. that would be awesome. Ethan Morton. Oh. No, no, not Charlie Morton. Chuck the Sizzle. Base, the baseball pitcher. Um, <laughs> now we're all mixed I up. thought he played field hockey. Uh, should we delete that? No, that's fine. I think all that's right. great. We're not going to delete that. That's pure gold, baby. That's that pure is gold. pure hanging out and talking just old sports guys with uh, your friends type of thing. Mm. But, yeah, I think we see more Ethan Morton a little bit just for defensive purposes because, um, you know, their backcourt is rather small until you get to the three and then they have a lot of guys that they can kind of uh, go back and forth between three and four. Um, and then, honestly, that's kind of the case for Purdue as well. Um, yeah, no, it's kind of the case of two teams that don't really have or only have one guy that you would kind of consider a traditional wing. Uh, you know, Str- it's uh, Stromer for uh, Gonzaga, and I probably Morton for Purdue. Yeah. And those also, are- I just love the concept of a young man named Dusty. Although I will say Miles Colvin is probably the prototypical uh, wing to the, uh, today in today's basketball. So Purdue has two. He'll get there. He's young. He is young. He will get there, even though he's been one of Purdue's better shooters. But anyways, yeah, on the wings, uh, they don't really just don't have a lot of options. So they mix and match. They play three guards, some, and they'll play uh, their bigs. Uh, so we can go ahead and just sort of move on to their front court because that's uh, – that's going to be a real interesting matchup, I think, uh, all game long against sort of con- contrasting styles in some ways. Um, and you start at the, the four, like I said, Anton Watson, um, and he's a wing, 6'8", 225. Um, he'll play, we talked about him, you know, playing the three. He'll also play the four. So that's going to also be another question of can Kaufman Wren uh, guard him on the perimeter? Because... I think he, you know, Anton Watson uh, and gets Kaufman Wren uh, squared up. He's going to take him off the drive, or at least try to uh, every time. Um, and he has that ability. Uh, like I said, he does remind me a little bit of, uh, of Vince Edwards um, without uh, maybe quite as good a jump shot. Uh, and uh, so I think he definitely will try to drive whoever is playing the four. Uh, until maybe, again, you get down to uh, Gillis. I really feel like Gillis could be an important uh, part of the game uh, just because Watson 
is so important for Gonzaga. He's going to be on the court somewhere most of the time, either the three or the four. Sometimes they play him at the five and go super fast. Um, but that's going to be the question. You know, you've got first over there, Gillis. We can got Heidi who could play the four or the three. Um, so again, it'll be interesting what Matt does. And, uh, you know, it's just so many players on this roster that can play that uh, it, it could just be not even a, a, a set rotation. I think we sort of talked about that. Uh, yeah, we, we mentioned that in uh, episode one. I yeah. Believe, yeah. Where maybe he mixes and matches a little bit, and maybe this game you see a little more Gillis, a little less uh, Kaufman Wren uh, uh, to match up with Watson. But again, we always talk about that, you know, oh, well, we have to match up defensively, but they actually they also have to match up with us. And, I mean, Watson, uh, Kaufman Red might be able to just take Watson into the paint and, and you know, Purdue play that little high-low they like with Edie uh, pulled up to the free-throw line feeding Kaufman Red on the box. And he could, you know, he might eat. And uh, at that point, you know, they've got to match up with uh, Purdue. And, and they do have one guy that I feel like they can bring off the bench, either at the four or the five. He's a freshman, uh, Braden Huff. So it's going to be Braden's, Braden's all over the place in a true, oh, what what, what generation are those? I mean, like, if, if what? Is the kid's a true freshman, he's, like, 18 or 19. Yeah. So it's 2023, so he was born in 2003 or 2004, and I hate that. Yeah, it's weird. Wow, dude! I have I wow I have, I have friends that I've made through music who were born after nine eleven, and I'm like, wow, what? I yeah. remember, I remember. Yeah, you yeah. never because you never forget. Did you know I was in college? That was that was weird, and I'm sure you were like a, a toddler. But I was in the first grade. <laughs> well, anyways, um. Weird 9-11 segue. Yeah, like 9-11 segue in a basketball podcast. And we're back to Purdue basketball. Um, They do have uh, uh, Braden Huff, who's been their best scorer so far this season. Again, they really only have one game. It was against Yale. He played well, though. Um, And he is a hard player to describe. I feel like maybe... He's got a bit of a he's a pick, he's a pick and pop big, uh, more of a Euro guy feel than like a traditional, say six ten. Um, he's almost more of what I thought Kaufman Ren was gonna be at Purdue. Um, Just like an inch taller though. Yeah, he, he's a pick and pop big. Um, that's really where he's been uh, scoring his points. Yeah. No. I mean. We we're we're definitely gonna talk about these these whole like big on big matchups here in a second, um, but I mean, again, he's he's a freshman. He looks very capable of playing his position, but he's also kind of like that, like you said, like European style, where it's a tall, tall, relatively lanky dude who taught himself how to shoot out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's got he's got a smooth outside stroke, I and mean, he really he got going against uh, Yale um, on those pick and pops, and that was a close game, and he really 
hit some backbreakers late in the uh, in the shot clock where he you know just sets that screen for either Nimhart or uh, Hickman and then uh, pops after they uh, drive drive the hole and you know he hit two or three uh, from three in that game uh, but he also hit a lot of these mid-range jumpers he has a little floater he shoots at 610 that's kind of cool I like floaters for anybody, but like when a tall guy hits a floater, it's kind of rare, and yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool. I gotta be honest. So he's he's an interesting matchup, and again, Purdue has a really good matchup for him. I feel like in Caleb first off the bench, I feel like they're very they're very similar styles of play. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's one of the only areas uh, in in both teams' roster where they kind of have players that almost mirror each other um and sorry one of our uh, co-producers uh brooke the cat is uh having a ball with something over here yeah I... so if you hear jingling of uh, a cat collar that is because it is a collar that is on a cat yes and her name is brooke uh Hi, brooke. but yeah uh i don't know uh, do you want to get into that like yeah uh, let's just go ahead i mean i was gonna mention there uh, they have one more uh sort of big they play. They have two other bigs. They have Ek, who's really an interesting matchup. He's a Wyoming transfer. Um, he's a center, but he it's going to be. We'll talk about when we get to the matchups. It's a weird going to be a weird matchup for Zach. He's a he's like a you know low post power uh, power player, but he's like six nine. He's quicker than he is. He's really strong. He's also pretty quick. He was a dominant force at Wyoming. Uh, through his uh, throughout his career, so he's a, a, a you know the grad transfer basically, um, and so he will pose an interesting uh, matchup for Zach, and also uh, they bring uh, Greg off the bench, and he um, I think he's a sophomore um, or a junior. He's a junior. He's a junior. Yeah. yeah, no, he I think last year was he got a lot. Of, he he was their, one of their primary subs last year, um, and so with. Uh, um, Greg and Huff, or are we talking? Uh, yeah, sorry. With, uh, with, he was one of their primary subs last year. Um, he may they kind of thought he would be a starter, maybe coming into this year, uh, because they weren't sure if the uh, oh my gosh, his name is escaping me, Garrett. There's their power forward. We've been talking about him, uh, Watson. There it is. Watson was Anton ahead of Watson. Anton Watson. There. God, I don't know why that was uh, hiding in my brain. Uh, there was some thought that he may go to the NBA, uh, and then maybe Greg would step in and, and grab some of those minutes. Uh, but it looks like he's just going to be their primary uh, center backup. Uh, and he's another pick-and-pop guy, though, which, uh, again, um, is a little bit uh, concerning uh, that they've got a couple guys that are really going to challenge uh, Edie in the pick and roll and the pick and pop, I think we can go ahead and let's get into some of those matchups um, that uh, that we were kind of concerned about or really just interested in seeing. I won't even say concerned about because, again, I think Purdue is definitely going to give as well as they get in these matchups. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's EK first. He's uh, Well, EK is big and physical, and I mean, like, this is a guy who can play – I mean, like, shoot, if he were if he were at, like, a max school, he could be a starting center. Again, yeah. he's, like, 6'9", 245 or something. Yeah. And he's he's mostly splitting his time between power forward because he's big and strong, and then 
he's a three because he can shoot. Like, yeah, he's got a pretty nice little little mid range jumper game. So he's played some three for him. Uh, he's played some five. He started at the five uh, for them in the first game, um, but then moved all around. Again, it's really hard to get a read for Gonzaga, uh, what they're going to do, just because of that only having that one game under their belt and, and it being uh, Yale and Yale being kind of a, a unique team uh, that they they mixed and matched a lot of different lineups. But uh, Yeah, there, aren't, there are not too many teams uh, who have only played two games so far, and Gonzaga is one of them. That's right. But, uh, yeah, Greg is a guy uh, that's going to hang out, pick and pop uh, at the top of the key um, and look for Hickman and Nimhart to make that – you know, turn the corner and then make that pass back um, for the for him hanging out at the top of the key for some easy threes. Um, 6'10", 230. So they've got some size. They can put some size at the five and the four uh, that, you know, can rival Purdue. Now, EK will be an interesting matchup to see if he does end up with, on ED some. Um, I don't know if they're going to play. I mean, I, they're going to have to double-team Edie because I just think he's going to kill Huff on the inside. I think he's going to destroy that a true freshman. And I just don't think that uh, E.K. is uh, tall enough to handle him. And uh, I don't think Greg's that sort of physical player either. So I think you are going to see a lot of big, big, uh, you know, them doubling with their power forward. Um yeah. And, and trying to make Edie throw out as a, a throw out of the post because um, I don't think they want to uh, pull, uh, guard him down there. Yeah, but that, and that, uh, that brings up also, like, you know, one of those two guys between Braden Huff and Ben Gregg, one of them's going to get into foul trouble mm-hmm. relatively quickly, right? So um, I think it would be very odd if. They both stayed out of foul trouble, uh, given that. And it's so funny because, like, you say, oh, these guys are 6'10". Uh, like, oh, but they're too short. They're too short. Uh, That's crazy. These these men are 6 foot 10 inches tall. Um, but, no, I mean, one of either Huff or Greg is going to get into foul trouble, and I think that's going to play a pivotal role um, toward the latter stages of the game. Um, last, like, three maybe three and a half minutes of the of the second half um and Ken, Ken Palm has this as a two-point Purdue win like a one possession win um so you you know we're not we're not discounting the talent of Gonzaga here we're just saying how are their <sighs> their depth they are so yeah. they're not very deep and that's one thing that Purdue definitely has an advantage of you know Purdue can Purdue's almost too deep, and Gonzaga is, is going seven. And, and like you said, uh, I think Matt Painter will probably make a concerted effort to throw the ball in deep to start the game, especially if Huff is on Edie. I think anytime you see Huff on Edie, they're going to throw the ball in to Edie because uh, Huff can't pick and pop and hit from three if he's on the bench. And, yeah, I was about to say, and it's a... Uh... He's a freshman. He doesn't have much experience dealing with that sort of stuff. So. So yeah, I think I think anytime you see Huff and Edie matched up, the ball's probably going straight to uh, Zach to see if he can get Huff in some foul trouble. 
Um, because again, you, they go seven deep. You tape one of their bigs out. Now they're going six deep. Yeah, six people. Um, and that's, I mean, that's tough to uh, do, uh, especially if you're gonna if Purdue's gonna play a higher tempo. And, and Gonzaga, Gonzaga, you know, plays mid tempo too. They like to run some uh, as well. So I think it would behoove Purdue to play as fast as they can because Gonzaga does not have the horses on the bench to run all game. Yeah, I think I think Gonzaga's going to shoot relatively well overall uh, over the course of the game. But again, when you get down to, hey, maybe one of their bigs is in foul trouble, uh, one of their, uh, not necessarily, nobody's really like a dedicated wing, is like kind of gassed. You're, yeah. da- you're down to six guys, and in the last... Uh, three minutes of a game, I think that's that's um, kind of the... And one of them, Stromer's a true freshman playing in this third college game, so, I mean, that's a lot to that's a lot to ask. I mean, we've seen, you know, Purdue's had some guys that come in as true freshmen, but that's that's a lot. I mean, I'm even thinking back to, like, Jaden Ivey, who, it took him a while to get started, um, and so I think there's a spot, that three spot is going to be a crucial... Uh, uh, sort of tale of the uh, game of whose uh, whose wing can uh, win that uh, position because um, I, I think the backcourt is probably going to be a uh, <clears throat> be a, a push. I think that's a draw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's really pr- almost identical backcourts as you, with Nimhart and Hickman and uh, and Purdue's backcourt. Be I mean we, Purdue basically plays two. Uh, point guards uh, with Jones and uh, uh, my God, Braden. Why, why are you blanking on Braden Smith? Braden Smith, Braden Smith. Um, yeah, Braden, Braden Smith and uh, Jones are both uh, point guards, and and Nimar and Hickman are both sort of smallish point guards. Um, so it is going to be like a doppelganger, Spider Man pointing at each other uh, backcourt <laughs> there. Um, and can. Uh, can, can Smith stay in front of Nimhart and pick and roll on and can Nimhart stay with Smith? I think Smith is a little more physical than Nimhart. I think uh, Smith might be able to drive him and put a body on him. Uh, Nimhart is not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, six foot, maybe 170, 175, and I feel like Smith's built more like a, I feel like he's built like a high school safety. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like an Indiana high school safety, um, kind of that wiry, strong. He is he is good at like kind of jockeying guys shoulder to shoulder as they go into the paint. Um, I have noticed. So I kind of like I kind of like him being able to maybe bully Nemhart a little bit. I mean, again, Nemhart's an elite passer. He had seven assists against Yale. Um, and uh, he's gonna go right back at Smith, and then Hickman and and Jones are again two point guards, guys that can play point guard, um, but are playing shooting guard. But are playing yeah. shooting guard, uh, are, and are playing more off the ball. Um, you know, Hickman went one for eight from three point uh, range in their opener. Again, that's maybe one of the reasons why Yale was able to hang for as long as they did. Um, so I think maybe Jones. Jones asked a few questions about his jump shot early to see if it's uh, going, because that's always sort of been the question in Hickman's game, is, is can he hit that jump shot uh, consistently? Um, because, again, he's a he's not a big guy either, 6'2", 185. 
Um, That's big to most people, but also keep in mind Drew and I are very tall. Yeah. So. And so, uh, you know, he's probably prototypical size point guard. Um, and so I think Purdue's pretty set there. So I think the three is going to be a, a big swing. Like I said, I like Lawyer over Stromer. I think, you know, Stromer's basically Lawyer without a whole freshman season of experience. Like, very similar yeah, players. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Stromer's maybe a little more athletic. Uh, but, you know, I feel like... Um, I feel like we don't get enough credit for Fletcher's ability to move his feet on the perimeter on defense. I think he holds up better than I think some people think, just because uh, he does not maybe look like the guy you would pick uh, first uh, if you were playing pickup ball. Um, but uh, he moves pretty well, um, and, and you know he's he's uh, pretty uh, good at reading passing lanes, getting out there, getting his hands, picking off passes. So um, I think the uh, Lawyer-Stromer matchup, or then whoever else they, they put at the three, be it Watson, uh, be it EK, uh, or they do have um, Yun, uh, Sukyo, who uh, is a, uh, I believe he's Korean. Um, he, yeah, he was, he was in the uh, NBA... Um like a overseas program for a while and transferred from a university overseas. Yeah, and he he got a little run uh in this in their first game against Yale. Another bigger wing, 68215. I would not anticipate seeing him unless uh unless things something goes awry for yes. Gonzaga. If something yeah. goes awry for Gonzaga, if they get into deep foul trouble or, you know, they're getting beat, I, I don't see Gonzaga blowing Purdue out uh, of this one. I, I think Purdue could blow Gonzaga out. I just, I don't think that... I think that, no, no, I think that's a fair yeah. assessment because, like, if one team is going to blow the other out, I think it's Purdue over Gonzaga. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen either. I think it's going to be very close, and I think uh, yeah. Mr. Ken Pomeroy is very, very on target with his one-possession prediction. Um, that being said, you know, if one team were to uh, take control quite uh, quite well, it would be Purdue. Yeah, I think so, too. Um and let's go ahead and just let's get down to uh, how we think this game's going to play out. I think we've talked about most of the matchups. Um, I think uh, I think Purdue's going to come out and play with uh, good tempo, good pace, or, uh, move the ball, um, especially off rebounds, and uh, see what we can do about tiring Gonzaga out, getting into some foul trouble. We this is, the fouls are fine in this game. Uh, if Purdue can get into a, a, like a bit of that frantic, hectic game and a bunch of fouls are being called, as long as they're not being called on Edie, and, you know, he's done so well throughout his career of not fouling, um, I feel like that's going to uh, be Purdue's advantage. Uh, I, you know, Gonzaga might have a lead at, at certain points in his game. I think this is like a last five minutes. Uh, Gonzaga sort of running out of players. Edie hitting a lot of free throws. Um, and, and Purdue either closing the gap and, and, and walking away with it in the last five or, you know, doing enough to to win. I'm not going to say comfortably, but I don't think Gonzaga is going to have a chance to win the game at the end. Uh, um, but I think it could be very close. 
Well, there's there's certainly a difference between winning comfortably in terms of controlling the entire game, like, and still winning by eight, uh, and a difference between winning comfortably where you have to tire them out, and then in the last three, four minutes of the game, you hit your free throws, they have very few players left with any gas in the tank, um, so I agree with you in terms of the fact, like, you know, w winning comfortably can happen in different contexts, and I think this one, for me, I'm going to go ahead and predict the score of 85-80 to 80 with Purdue on top. Um, I think it is going to be very close throughout, but Gonzaga just doesn't have the uh, the amount of guys that, that Purdue has. Um, I really hope Matt Painter can figure out a way to reconcile who he should put around that uh, stretch 3-4 um, that we've been talking about. Um, but, you know, I see I see this one being kind of like what you said, where just tire them out. They're not going to have too many guys. They might be seven deep at some point if somebody gets into foul trouble, hopefully six deep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I think Purdue just tires them out right at the end. Yeah, and it's just, this is like another game, just attack, attack, attack. And I, Purdue's done a good job of that so far this year. Put pressure on Nimhard, put pressure on their, their other guard, Hickman. And uh, those are two, two other guys. Wear them down, tire them out, make it so that last, you know, the last five, ten minutes of the game, their legs aren't there, those three-pointers start coming up short, start getting those long rebounds, Purdue continuing to run out. I like the Boilers a little bit more. I like them better. Ken Palm likes them 78-76 uh, with a 58% confidence. Um, I like Purdue a little bit more in this game. I think I think the uh, the bench is really going to pay huge dividends uh, in the second half. I think Purdue walks away with this one in the last five minutes, something like maybe 87, 78, 79. I think I think Purdue wins fairly comfortably uh, going away um, at the end. Yeah, so we're not too far off. Not too, far, not off. too far off. Um, and so hey, that'll that'll be it. We're gonna be uh, interested to see uh, how this plays out tomorrow. Like I said, or I guess this is probably coming out so later on today. Um, like I said Ledman is live uh, in uh, Maui. Yeah, so uh, he'll be there, and uh, we'll be excited to watch Purdue's first uh, you know real big game of the year, one of the premier matchups of the season so far for really in the in the nation. Yeah, yeah, in the nation uh, for sure, but also, you know, uh, it's interesting that it's Gonzaga's, like, first actual opponent as well. Yeah, no, again, I think that's also going to play, play a role. Like, Purdue having three games and then really only having one uh, is could be beneficial for the Boilermakers. Well, we will um, go ahead and let y'all go, and we will be back. Uh, I guess we'll have to do one tomorrow if... Uh, when, when Purdue wins, so we can figure out who we're playing. We're going to have to Purdue it. We're going to have to Purdue it for an emergency Purdue basketball Maui Invitational podcast. So we will, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be talking about who Purdue plays uh, next tomorrow. So y'all come back now here.